0: You're listening to The Early Stages by APX, Europe's leading early-stage investor and accelerator program for digital startups. This is it, the final episode of our startup journey together. Let's recap. Among many other things, we've learned how to actually take the leap into full-time entrepreneurship, how to find money, and how to make the most of your time at the APX accelerator program. But now you're out, and it's time to take your first steps on your own. You learn and adapt so much during the Accelerator program. The idea is now to take what you've learned and use it to boost your upward trajectory to success. Robert Martin, the venture manager from Porsche Digital, that you may remember from episode 5, says that while the mentors can guide, challenge, and support, at the end of the day, it's up to you to take your business through its next phase.
1: Um, however, in the end, it is the founder who has to make the decisions. We wouldn't do that. We can guide them, we, co- we can challenge them, and we can offer support of several kind. Um But in the end, founder need to um, decide what is best for their business.
0: In this episode, we'll be speaking with two brilliantly successful founders who graduated from the APX Accelerator program. Hendrik Schrieffer of Sharpist and Anna Benachevich of Zizu Boats And joined by Melanie Schroeder of APX to talk about how founders can continue with their forward momentum in this exciting stage of their journey. You now have an amazing network. You have support, guidance, and a community to help you with your startup. You've grown your team, perfected your product, and reached new clients. With the money you have raised, it's now go time. It's time to use what you've learned to take next steps to grow your venture. Melanie Schroeder is the Director of Finance and Portfolio at APX and the Managing Director of Axel Springer Plug and Play. She manages the portfolio of over 100 companies such as N26, Zizu Boats and Careship. And she says that if you want to keep growing, you'll undoubtedly need to fundraise as soon as possible.
2: First one is for sure money. Um, Every company needs money to grow. We as an accelerator, we give them some money. At the moment, it's 50,000 euros, but this eventually runs out and they need to find more, Um, meaning they need to find investors. And this normally always takes much longer than companies expect. So everyone's really excited and bullish about it's going to happen. We're going to close the round and it happens, but it often takes much longer than companies expect. It's definitely a big challenge. So I saw companies that had a great product, a great team, die because they run out of money or they had to sell the company for a really low price because they didn't have enough money anymore to survive and then they didn't have enough time to raise this next financing round.
1: We're happy to welcome you to Zizu, the world's leading booking platform for boat rentals.
0: Anna Benachevich is the co-founder of Zizu Boats, a worldwide yacht charter and boat rental company. At their start in 2014, they raised €650,000 in seed funding, another €1.7 million in 2016, and in 2018, they raised €6.5 million in a Series A financing round. So it's safe to assume then that when her and her team graduated from the APX Accelerator program, there was really one thing on their minds.
3: So I guess right after the Accelerator, we had to raise money. Um, I think like during the the accelerator program we're still kind of in a honeymoon phase. Mm. Everything was very fun. We had our first booking. It took us days to actually find where the money had gone. It was <laughs> it was very like awkward birth. Um, but after that we had kind of had to get get down to serious business and, and try to raise a fi- financing round, which was really challenging. I think we very much underestimated. You know, what a fundraising process looks like. Mm. And then, when we actually manage to raise money, the period after the fundraise is even more stressful because then you need to deliver on the promises you've made in a very quick period of time. So, yeah, that's what it looked like. Take your professional development in your own hands and start growing as a leader with Sharpest.
0: Sharpest is a B2B platform for learning and development that helps employees unleash their full potential through personalized learning. Their global client base includes DHL, Porsche, and Get Your Guide. And in February 2020, Sharpest raised a 5 million euro seed investment led by FordVac Ventures and joined by co-investors, 2 v partners, and APX. Hendrik Schriefer, the company's co-founder, says that in addition to raising funding, after their APX program, the team also focused on selling their product as soon as possible.
1: And then you're going to know what you have to sell and what you build. And we did it, Fabian and I, we locked ourselves down into like a little hut and factory in Berlin, like completely pitched, uh, pitch black in, the, in this little call box. And we, were, we kept calling people over and over again and always came to that question. What do we have to do to, to close a pilot with 100 potential uh, licensees held? And I think this is um, a very important advice for like, for founders, like get it immediately that this is like, it's not a romance. It's like really get out there, try to sell, um, sell from day one on because being an entrepreneur is also to some very important extent about making money with what you, what you've kind of built. So you should make sure from day one on that you can actually make money with that product. But then we, when we started talking about those really big, um, like deals, like in the million euro range, so that where really like your entire body gets to shake once you have to sign it because you're so excited about it as a customer, um, we always thought, okay, our product needs to be better for those guys, and we need to have more coaches to eventually win them. And then the day that we signed them, yes, the product was ready and was like good to ship for the customer. But what happened? There was like a month or so of implementation, them getting ready. So we could have just signed it a, a month earlier, made the product uh, finished and then eventually start launching with them right on the right day.
0: Whether you're selling your product, raising seed funding or both, you'll need to make sure that you spend the money effectively to grow your business. The first thing the Zizu Boats team invested in was improving their product.
3: We invested obviously in our technology. That was the number one thing. We've, we've always put most of the money into and that that's also what our pitch has been to investors, right? We want to digitalize this market. that's why we need to invest in technology. secondly, because we're obviously a b two c uh, business which which promises our charters revenue, we also have to invest in marketing um, and that has also become more expensive over time as the market has become more competitive and then thirdly, of course. Uh, invested in hiring. I think that that's a really important thing.
0: And Melanie agrees. Spending money on your tech and growth is a priority, but you'll also need to hire the personnel to actually make this happen. More likely than not, you'll be using a large portion of your funding to hire developers, marketers, growth hackers, and more. You entered APX with a small C-suite team and maybe a few employees, but at a certain point, you'll need to start hiring some more leadership if you want your company to grow
2: also be aware that you have to hire people and then have to give responsibility to these people and that you can't be at after a certain time you can't be involved in every detail of your company anymore um something we also see is not every founder is also a good manager for a bigger company founders often they have all this energy they have this idea they're they're good to really set something up and um, engage investors or um, yeah, their staff to really build this. But to really have a company scaling from um, 30 to 100 people, you often require different skills. You just really need to to be a manager who's able to manage this growth and not always this is really the same person as a founder.
1: I was like building parts of our initial product with, with no line of code uh, myself. I was even writing to our initial users, crafting the content and trying to do it all myself. Until there came a point where I had to say, guys, I just can't do it anymore. I need need someone. So we hired the first intern. And then we kept growing, growing, growing. And I think now we've reached a stage where every single one of us founders needs to have that like, much more forward-looking perspective. Where it's like a lot more about nurturing people and management and really like making the right strategic choices. And also having the headspace um, to make those choices.
0: Now... Hiring doesn't just end with a new employee walking through the door. In order to actively utilize and benefit from added members, they need to be guided and onboarded properly. Remember Jörg from episode two? It's not just you anymore.
1: So you can't just hire people and then think they'll be productive. You need to help them to become productive. And I think you, you need to like, slowly but steadily create like, a, a human resources department or people in culture or however you want to call it. Just people who want to grow and work with the people who work at the company. And I think this can be one or two people in the beginning, but it's, it's I think, a core functionality of, of a, a good company.
0: It's always a good idea to tap into whatever resources you have to aid you in the hiring process. Anna's prior experience as a recruiter at Google highlights the value of being meticulous when it comes to hiring.
3: And Google is a very notoriously, very selective hi- hiring place. So uh, everyone goes through 8 to 20 interviews and, and there's a very, very rigorous process. And they, you know, they have, they're very, very selective also on cultural fit and does this, is this person fun and will they, you know, make the company a better place. So mm. we've tried to apply that process here as well um, to really be selective. So I interview every single person that joins Zizu, and I think for me it's an opportunity to see are they a fit, but also for them to see do they like, the, you know, the, the person who's running the company.
0: Melanie reiterates that hiring according to the values of your team and team culture is hugely important, not just for company cohesion, but for actually encouraging forward momentum and growth. Think about what skills
2: you need, Um, or not only skills, like also what kind of roles you have, what different positions, and maybe you don't always find a person with the best skill set, but then also really look, is it a person with the right mindset? You are in the end a startup, and... You need people who really want to work in a startup and want to help you push through it, especially at the beginning. I mean, later on, it's, you can hire people who are just happy to do their job. But at the beginning, it really helps to have somebody to really push forward together with you.
1: If you walk through the corridors here, you see the posters, like about, I think, 13 rules of like how to treat each other, saying that it's okay to cry in the office. All those kinds of things, I think, um, shape the culture of APX. And they have definitely influenced us as sharpest when it comes to hiring talent. So we would always rather make the choice to hire someone with maybe like half a year or so less of experience, but with just the right mindset and just the right also like potential to really grow as an individual while like thriving in their role in our firm.
0: Growth and hiring has become a point of pride for Anna. And rightly so. Her employees not only help build Zizu into becoming the impressive business that it is today, but they do also have the opportunity to grow with it.
3: I think I'm I'm really proud that we've always tried to make ethical decisions towards the team, such as now. I, I would say I'm proud of that. I'm also proud that we really managed to have people grow within the company. So a lot of people joined here as interns or, you know, very junior positions who are now heads of departments. And I think, again, you know, you can you know, just try to bring only external talent and always get more and more experienced people where we've tried to give people growth opportunities.
2: For example, these boards from the Axel Springer plug-and-play portfolio, they already got awards from the best place to work. And when you go to this office, it's amazing, like the people they have there, the atmosphere. And they are a sales-driven um, business. And so sales is really, really hard, but people love working there because of this great atmosphere.
0: Before we get too carried away with hiring... I'd like to jump in and highlight that while it can be quite tempting to use your newly acquired funding to bolster your ranks with as many talented people as possible, as early as possible, there is such a thing as hiring too fast.
2: A big challenge is really, and it sounds maybe stupid, but if you get too much money, um, because then founders just tend to hire a lot and then they get maybe overwhelmed with having such a big team. So we actually also advised him to really think about how much money you, do you really need, having in mind that once you, you close the financing round, it should ideally last for the next 18 months before you have to go out fundraising again. Because whenever you go fundraising, one of your founders will do this as a full-time job. He or she won't be able to do anything else for, let's say, two to four months. Um, but we really saw, like, if if you... If you get money, also investors want you to spend it and to see growth. So you should really know from the beginning where to invest it. And ideally you invest it in growth, meaning in sales or marketing or maybe in your product, depending on what you need. But we did see um, founders just hiring and hiring and you asking like, asking, yeah, why, why do you need these people? And do you even know how to manage them? And then founders can get overwhelmed, especially if they're very young and never had management experience.
3: We have also made the mistake of hiring too quickly after financing rounds, and I think that it's a mistake because in the end you end up diluting the culture. You're not, you don't have HR processes which allow you to really get people to understand what this is about and um, and basically, I don't know, inhale the culture. So I think it, it's it's important to be disciplined there and not to make that
0: mistake. Remember, you're going to be a representative of the company, not only to your team, but to your partners and investors as well. Melanie points out that it's not all pitches and networking.
2: Don't push the boring parts like legal work and finance until the end, because it just takes the longer you wait to set up a good financial accounting system to be clear what, what you're working with, how much money you have and how long and what are your main KPIs or have your legal work in order that if you wait for it at some point you have to work on it and then it it takes very long and then it can even jeopardize even your next financing round if you don't have the documents in place or you communicate KPIs and then investors do it due diligence and find out oh it's actually not true so that's that's something often I think founders forget which I understand it's something you always think I can do later but yeah sometimes it's at some point it's maybe too late.
3: You can't expect people to be excited when you're not. And I think one thing that we've learned more and more over time is that being honest and authentic, giving critical feedback, being ready to argue, always really builds stronger, more trusting relations. So I think with each other, with our team, but also with our investors, the more honest you are, the more you share the more you'll get out of this relationship and that will make you a better team.
0: Anna and her team at Zizu set themselves the benchmark to double in size each year. An undertaking that is definitely doable, but it's not easy. And according to Anna, it has been pretty stressful. But... For the last five years, they have achieved it. Which would then mean that that's five years of scaling and growing by 100% each year. That's a lot of growth. Anna says that the most important thing here is to make sure that you prepare.
3: I would first ask, how do you prepare yourself? (laughs) True. (laughs) Because it's super hard. And I think, you know, you have to recognize that every year you have to radically change and you need to improve. So the the person that you were last year is not ready or good enough to be the person to lead the company next year, right? In that on, the, on that level of growth, so you have to read and learn and hopefully find a good coach and mentor who's going to tell you how to improve. And I think you're always so focused on your business that it's easy to not even, you know, have time to imagine meeting someone else, but it's important. Mm. If you can, it's also good to perhaps bring in experienced leaders sooner because in in the end as a founder you you try to do everything yourself but that's not possible and, and we did that this year and I think it brought a lot of stability and happiness into the team that we have experienced managers who know how to scale teams and manage them well.
1: It also comes from like going very quickly through the dis- different stages as a company and I think there's two things you need to consider. One is like Always before you take the next leap, you kind of need to prepare for the jump. And preparing for the jump means like also going down a bit, right? So you're like maybe a little bit low in capital and that can be quite stressful for you. So that's one part that's quite important. Um, and the other one is uh, eventually then making sure that you, you're you always a little bit ahead of the development of the firm. So that you as an individual can also like develop as this, at the speed that the company might be developing at.
0: Melanie says that a good place to start is through considering the fact that just because you're the founder doesn't automatically make you someone who should manage the company's growth.
2: And to really identify this early on also with your investors and maybe say as a founder I step back and let an experienced manager come in. This is a big challenge we saw as well and we saw companies doing this and it worked really well. Um, But yeah, you have of course founders, they have a strong personality, they should because you needed to found a company but at some point to really say oh maybe i'm not the right person for this job anymore is a big big challenge for sure and i would say we as apx um since we from the beginning we are kind of close with the companies and the founders and later on we are not we are not in the lead anymore so at some point a lead investor takes over and we are more i would say we, we have more of a a friendly kind of relationship to most of the founders so often they, they even come to us to discuss these questions because they kind of trust us and they also know we give them we can give them an honest opinion so having someone like this can be an apx but can be also another an early investor just someone you can talk openly um i think it's good it's a really good thing to have just to to realize it that you maybe not the center of the world anymore at some point
0: Now, I understand that this is your baby. You've been with this idea and the vision from the very beginning. So the thought of handing over any sort of power or responsibility to someone else can be incredibly daunting. But trust yourself. Trust yourself enough to know that who you've hired is the best fit for your company. And if you've onboarded them well, they will be able to carry your vision forward. Rather that than you being involved in every single aspect of the business every hour of the day and ultimately running yourself into the ground. Take time for yourself. You're not going to be of any help to anyone if you're completely burnt out.
2: I think we had this idea in the past that everyone just has to work 24-7 and every founder can do it. And if you can't do it, you're just not a founder. it's, It's becoming much more important. So yeah, to really find find your right balance to discuss it also in the founding team to so make sure also from the beginning you have the same the same idea about it if you have someone who just wants to push through all the time and someone who is actually much more aware of taking breaks or doing exercises or spending time with their family and can maybe be an issue doesn't have to be but but could be I also wouldn't say oh you have to take breaks and you have to take holidays I think everyone's is different so for me personally, I have very really strict calendar management. I also do it myself um, because I really want to make sure that I'm not overwhelmed by my by my appointments. Um, and this is not only at work; that's also privately. So um, I would always two weeks ahead go through my calendar, really check: Is this necessary? Do I have the time for this, or can I, or do I want to make the time for this? I mean, it's not only what you have to do; also what you want to do. I also make sure. To not stay at the office too long or have long days and short days. And what's most important, I make sure that my team does the same. So it's not only about me. I also encourage them, please go home. Please tell me if it's too much. Um, And I think that's most important also for founders. Be aware, you can do a lot, but your team maybe doesn't have the same energy. So you're also responsible for them.
0: Giving up control, even just a tiny bit, is definitely easier said than done.
3: Um, I think on a personal level, I mean, it's definitely hard. And I think you have to be disciplined with yourself as well. So I remember when we were in the APX program, we worked every single day, right? There was no Saturday, Sunday. We were just, you know, in the office all the time. Mm. And it was so much fun, right? Like I I wouldn't miss it for, for, you know, anything, but Mm. that's not sustainable for five years. And in the end, you're never done with your work you always feel like there is a mountain you're not you know you're not satisfied with what you've delivered that day very often and i think you have to stop yourself and make sure you also make time for friends do exercise because if you're not you know if you're not a healthy level-headed person mm. then you cannot lead your team to to success
0: there's going to be a lot happening during this time and according to the founders that we've spoken to you'll probably be so caught up with everything that you'll forget to stop and reflect on what you have achieved. Many founders only took the time to look back on their successes while talking to us for this podcast. There is so much to be proud of, so take a second to give yourself a pat on the back.
3: It's a very funny question because I don't feel like I still have done that, so I don't know if we'll ever feel successful I think it, it's hard because you're always still far away from your ultimate goal and you have so many mm-hmm. setbacks and so many things you want to do don't work out and it feels I sp- I spoke to another founder actually one of my mentors the other day she she started a company in Turkey which was very successful and you know she said it never feels like success which is sometimes hard to live with but of course it is important to to celebrate and also make others feel that you are successful.
0: Success looks different for everyone. For Anna, it might never feel like she's done, as she continues to reach for bigger and better things. But for many in the startup journey, success comes in the form of an exit.
2: What does a successful exit look like? I mean, successful exit happens when the company is sold um, or goes public, but much often much more often it's a, a trade sale to selling it to a, let's say a bigger company and, and it's successful for sure when the company still exists so it's not just someone buying it to close it down because it's a competitor a successful exit is when everyone on the table gets a nice um, share of the money and this should be not only the investors of course it should also be the founders and yeah it's It's like a win-win situation for everyone. It's not always the case, unfortunately. And also not every exit you see in the media is a successful one. Um, Yeah, it's always much more positive the way they report about them. But yeah, I would say when everyone is happy and the company still exists. The employees of the company stay on. Then I would say it's a successful exit.
0: At the beginning of the early stages, we set out to see the founder journey through the eyes of those who have experienced it and those who helped them along the way. We've taken you through hiring your first employees, validating your idea, finding the right investors and so much more. And one thing remains true. Whether you're at the beginning of your entrepreneurial journey or you've completed your first big exit as a founder, you can look back and say that you paved your own path and took a chance on a great idea. Over 60 startups have partnered with APX to hone their product, grow their team, and prepare for their next financing round. APX offers the leading early-stage Invest Accelerator program for digital startups in Europe. They invest in teams building digital businesses, and yours could be next. If you're looking to grow your startup, reach out to the APX team. You might be just what they're looking for. Thank you again to Anna, Hendrik and Melanie and everyone we interviewed for the Early Stages series for taking the time to speak with us. This episode was produced by Bear Radio for APX and I'm your host, Julia Jabert. Thank you for listening.